Welcome to The Journey, an online commentary on today's scripture reading with Seth Davidson. Today's reading is from Acts chapter 25, verses 16 through 26.1. I pointed out to them the Roman law does not convict people without a trial. They must be given the opportunity to confront their accusers and defend themselves. When his accusers came here for the trial, I didn't delay. I called the case the very next day and ordered Paul brought in. But the accusations made against him weren't any of the crimes I expected. Instead, it was something about their religion and a dead man named Jesus, who Paul insists is alive. I was at a loss to know how to investigate these things, so I asked him whether he would be willing to stand trial on these charges in Jerusalem. But Paul appealed to have his case decided to the emperor. So I ordered that he be held in custody until I could arrange to send him to Caesar. I'd like to hear the man yourself, or myself, Agrippa said, and Festus replied, you will tomorrow. So the next day, Agrippa and Bernice arrived at the auditorium with great pomp, accompanied by military officers and prominent men of the city. Festus ordered that Paul be brought in. Then Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are here, this is the man whose death is demanded by all the Jews, both here and in Jerusalem. But in my opinion, he has done nothing deserving death. However, since he appealed his case to the emperor, I have decided to send him to Rome. But what shall I write, the emperor? For there is no clear charge against him. So I have brought him before all of you, and especially you, King Agrippa, so that after we examine him, I might have something to write. For it makes no sense to send a prisoner to the emperor without specifying the charges against him. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you may speak in your defense. Well, I picked it up somewhere along the way growing up that one of the reasons I was blessed to grow up in America was that America was a Christian nation. Now, wherever I picked that up and however I picked that up, that was part of kind of what I, what I wore and kind of like a badge of honor. I am a Christ follower growing up in a Christian nation. And I remember in college kind of being presented with the idea that first came as a shock to me that America isn't actually a Christian nation. America is a nation about the separation of church and state. America is a nation that was uh, birthed in part by men of faith, Christian faith, who tried to include some of those principles in, in the groundwork of our nation. But that wasn't the only view that was laying the groundwork for our nation. And so that came as a challenge to me, but also began to sit right. And I think has helped me and may help us if we can understand that today, that there's an important nature to the separation of church and to state. Because here's the deal. When those two get confused, when religion and power, religion and political power get fused together at the highest level, more often than not, it's the nation state and power that prevails over the purity and clarity of the gospel. And so where I see that in this passage is we have these very zealous religious elite who are willing to do all sorts of things that deny their Jewish faith in order to maintain the status quo and to exert their power. They've tried time and time again 
to have Paul murdered uh, in cold blood in secret. These are the same ans the same group of men, you know, uh, who have had Jesus killed by these made-up charges. For them, religion has gotten fused with power and wealth, and so they've gotten rid of the soul of their faith. And then in contrast, you have Festus. Festus is a Roman governor. Uh, best we can tell, he has no Christian roots or sympathies. Um, he has listened well enough, though, interestingly, um, as he describes uh, in verse 24, that, that, this, that he's here because of uh, verse 25, I'm sorry. But in my opinion, he's done nothing deserving death um, because they, they're bringing up charges about a dead man <laughs> whom they say is alive. Like it's not just about the principle of resurrection. It's about Jesus who has died, but Paul says is alive. Like he's listened closely enough to that. But he's made a distinction in a few ways. First, he refuses to, to make a trial, to, to bring accusations in court over matters of their religion. For him, it's inconsequential if uh, Paul was a good Jew and obeyed the practices or, or what happened in the temple. Like He says, whatever that is, that's about your religion. When it comes to the state, Paul has done nothing wrong. Paul is a Roman citizen. Not only does he not deserve death, there's really no crime against him. That's the first thing he does, which is really important and really helpful. There are those who might say, well, religion should influence the nation and the state. And, and if what they're saying is men and women of faith should leverage uh, their views and their lives in ways that are appropriate to bring about godly change, well then, of, of course. But if, if they're trying to say we should legislate morality or that the state is trying to enforce things upon us, that's never been what the separation of church and state has been meant for. I'm not saying it's not possible or there aren't difficulties, but separation of church and state was put there to to give freedom for religion to not be bound by, uh, by the state. By the way, um, there's no great way in this COVID time to understand how we should continue to carry on our faith and what's working and what's not. But as best I can tell, the state has done what they can to allow churches and religious organizations to continue to convene. We have exemptions that many other institutions do not have for that very reason. And then as churches, we figure out how can we gather or not gather safely. That's just one example. And I'm not trying to make a case for this example. What I'm trying to point out is as I'm reading the book of Acts, there are so many incompetent leaders and people with agendas. I'm, I'm pretty amazed at this Festus character because he seemed to lead well and lead decisively. He seemed to have scruples that others didn't have. Agrippa and Bernice, we'll talk about Agrippa tomorrow, they come in with great pomp and circumstance. 
Festus, all he wants to do is get down to the truth because he's going to write a letter <laughs> to appeal to the Roman courts. There's not pomp, there's not circumstance. He's trying to get the job done. He, in less than two weeks, does the job of Felix, who let something go on for two years. He's trying to say, he's trying to give the freedom to religion, to Paul, to have a difference of view, and is willing to separate the iron hand of the state from the personal practice that he sees here. And he can see through, uh, through the facade of the Jewish leaders who are more in line with power and wealth and prestige than they are with truth or wise leading and living. So however you choose to engage your faith in politics and everywhere else, be informed through that. If, if you believe the best way is to help pass laws, well, use your life to help pass laws. And, and if you personally want to run uh, for an office, do so according to your morality and your scruples. Um, and all of us should vote, <laughs> you know, all of those things. We should work for a strong local, state, and national government as best we can because we're blessed to live in a nation that allows those things. But that's different than it being a Christian nation, a Christian state. And the best we as men and women live as Christ in the small ways and do what we can to influence around us. That's when we can bring a Christ-centered nature to our nation. So hope that this comes as an encouragement and a challenge to you and I today.